and welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, a speaker, and the best-selling author of the book, U-Turn. Get unstuck, discover your direction, design your dream career. I wrote the U-Turn book and created this podcast to help you reconnect to who you truly are at your core. And that's why every single week I bring a guest on with the intention of helping you upgrade your confidence in work and in love. I'm also so excited to say that this episode has been sponsored in part by our friends over at Soul CBD. I'm so careful about putting things into my body these days, and this is the only CBD company I've come to trust with my wellness. They are organically farmed, gluten-free, and have absolutely zero THC in their products. It's just a clean CBD to help you ditch your stress, sleep better, and soothe anxiety. My absolute favorite product of theirs is the orange cream gummies. They also have raspberry and strawberry, which are really good. And after about two weeks of having one gummy every single evening with CBD in it to treat my little sweet tooth with a dessert, I can't help but notice that my sleep has drastically improved every single night. I actually wear a ring to measure my sleep and it's just undeniable what these little gummy friends have done for me. And without THC, you're just getting the calming effects of the CBD plant, none of the high, which is why they are so safe to take. They each come in 10 milligrams or 25 milligram doses of CBD to calm you down from the day in the sweetest and tastiest of ways. And the best thing about them is that they don't taste at all like CBD. I once tried another CBD gummy bear from another company and it was like, whoa, it tasted like I was eating a skunk wrapped in marijuana and sugar. So anyway, I've come to love these little gummies from Soul CBD and as a way to love myself to use whatever resources exist in the world that help me be more well as a human, these are so one of them. So our friends at Soul CBD have given us a discount code for 15% off your order. Just head on over to ashleystahl.com slash soul. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com slash S-O-U-L to access our special page with them. And don't forget to use the U-Turn code at checkout. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N at checkout. Now let's get in to this week's episode. I find that um, time after time after time, people who start sipping chaga on a daily basis within like six to eight months of that they have a drastic life change um, they quit the job they've hated they leave a relationship that has not been serving them and that could be through improved gut health less stress feeling stronger I don't know why but within like six to eight months after they start a daily habit of sipping they report like major life changes that cannot be just explained with increased immunity or something like that. So I've seen that over and over and over again. What's up, U-Turners? It is Ash here, and I am so excited to be bringing not only an incredible businessman, 
um, but a friend of mine, Taro Isacopola, onto the podcast. He's the founder of Four Sigmatic. And those of you who know his company know his mushroom coffee and what a game changer it is. And for those of you who think the word mushroom and coffee shouldn't be in the same sentence, I am sure that this episode is about to change your mind. So we're going to talk about how mushrooms can help you focus, sleep, and just perform in your life in general. Um, I'm going to ask her a little bit about a story and different types of mushrooms that you could be implementing into your life. Not the drug hallucinogenic kind, but maybe, but not. I'll have some questions about that too, so that you can really harness them for your success. Taro, hi. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks for having me on. So yeah, <laughs> so funny. Um, I mean, it's it's been years now that I've known you and I've never really asked you about all of the mushrooms. I that's why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm so tired of talking about no, you're not. I feel like you are the king of the mushroom. And I wanna ask you for your story because I don't even know if I fully asked you about that either of like what got you to commit your career path to mushrooms. Um and kind of how you got here, because I know Four Sigmatic is now such a force in the market, and I can't go to the grocery store or go on a podcast without hearing about your product at this point. It's such a impact you're making. So what got yeah. you started, and what keeps you going? Mushrooms, they're spreading everywhere. <laughs> um, well, it's, uh, it's a two-part process. Um, I have uh, a lineage reason from growing up with mushrooms. So I'm a 13th generation family farmer out of Finland. And I started learning about mushrooms and other superfoods when I was like, yay high from my mom who taught also physiology and anatomy. And from my dad, who was an agronomist. And um, and then my great-grandfather helped to found an environmental school that I attended where I learned more. And then I studied chemistry and nutrition. But um, and about 15 years ago, won an innovation award for discovering a rare mushroom. But the key point being here is just learning from from my ancestors and my parents about the powers of mushrooms and other superfoods. Um, but just like any young child, there's a rebellious period where I just wanted to galley went around the world and, you know, travel and see the world and I was still equally interested in human performance. So that was something I felt really passionate about is like how to improve cognitive function, how to make, you know, be less stressed, how to not to get sick. And, um, and during that time, I kind of re fell in love with these specific types of mushrooms, these functional mushrooms, and mm -hmm. that help with our immune function, brain power, stress response, things like that. And, and out of, that experience for Sigmatic was born. Mm, okay. And it's so funny because when I think about a farmer, like you're not the first face that's going to come to my mind. You know? Why not? Yeah. I don't know, like you're kind of a hipster. You got some cool outfit choices. You live, you know, like I find you in Venice often. And I feel like um, there must have been some sort of like more, what's the word I'm looking for? Like grounded experience that you had in Finland. Like, what was your schedule like as it related to farming when you were younger? Were you up early doing this or how did it weave into your life? Yeah. So um, over 13 generations, the farm has obviously seen many changes. And um, under that time, Finland was part of Sweden and Russia even uh, for like a hundred years. Um, so a lot of things have changed. And even in our lifetime, when I was a kid, our farm was considered large. 
And now our farm, which is the same size, is now considered small. So a lot of things mm. change. But when I was a kid, we would have heirloom cow breeds. So we would have these very specific cow breeds. And I would take uh, take care of the younglings. So before going to school, you would wake up and feed like a few of the calves. Um, and that's what you do before school and then after school. And then we would walk to school, um, go to this environmental school, and then do homework and feed them. Uh, summers were more different because we had more time. So summers, we got summer projects that we got paid to um, collect rocks from the fields or um, um, or pile wood that would warm the house. So mm. summers were, were more project-based. And then um, in the winter, it was more about taking care of the animals um, mm. as much as we could. Oh, my gosh. It's so interesting to picture that as your life and like... I can't help but get curious with the purpose side of things. Like I know a lot of people who listen are looking to feel more purpose and more connected. And it's always interesting to me in the career expertise, career coaching space, how many people choose different paths and how they feel so genuinely devoted to these paths that are so different. And so I know that there's a lot of purpose for you in being the mushroom man. Like what, what do you think it is about it the most that pulls you and why is it so important for people to be listening to what mushrooms can do? Yeah, that's always a the hard conversation is finding our dharma, our path, our purpose, right? And mm-hmm. the purpose is what we make of it, right? For me, it was quite early on. I have an older brother who's much smarter than I am, and he had these existential crises when he was probably six years old already. Like, why are we here? And um, and realizing that we're all gonna die. And that our human existence, even if we live 100 years, is a blip um, in the existence of humanity. So those are things that came up to me very early on, that we're just naked monkeys flying through space on a ball of lava. That's exactly how I feel all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And at that point, it was like, for me, I knew that whatever I would do in life, that would somehow... involve human consciousness uh i don't think the planet is going to go anywhere i feel like the planet is fine we might not be as right now with all these viruses and everything uh it's kind of reminding us of our of our humanity humanity yeah so um so for me it was important to do something that would at least somehow try to help with human consciousness and i truly do believe even though it might sound wild is that mushrooms can help with consciousness Mm. Um, but the other part is you got to do something you enjoy doing on a daily basis and that can help you know you you're good at that has of value because you have to somehow pay for good food on the table so I always kind of come back to the, the simplicity of like am I liking what I do um am I learning and growing and am I helping others? So pretty much those were the things that keep me drawn to mushrooms. I keep learning from them. They keep helping people and I keep having fun. Such a fun guy, right? So <laughs> I knew you were going to do the fungus joke. <laughs> there's so many. That's just the first one. I know. Uh, I we're really just beginning what could be a very long episode. Of yeah, exactly. Um, well, yeah. So for me, it was believing in their ability to help with consciousness, but also me learning from them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this sounds really woo-woo, but I think I've learned a lot from about life and about myself through mushrooms. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, you're a really generous person and you're not really somebody that I've experienced asking people a lot of favors all the time. And it feels like you just have your energy up all the time. So it feels like you're your message. Like there's something in these mushrooms that are making you magical. And even before we started recording, you saying you haven't been sick in 12 years. Was that recent that you had a cold or something like that? Because I recall you being sick. No? (laughs) Yeah, actually, funny enough, I had um a food poisoning by going to a fancy restaurant in Santa Monica. And I was so out. I was so out. I was, I was Ugh. totally, it was like a, just before I flew to Europe as well, but oh, I was, gosh. you know, coming from every end, not to go into the details, Corey you details, know. but yeah, I had, I, I went to, uh, this is your sound for the episode. <laughs> oh yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. I had food poisoning out of eating in a fancy restaurant in Santa Monica. Okay. You got out. Notice, not fun. Not well, fun. mushrooms can't save you from food poisoning, I guess. But no, I, no, if they I, can't. <laughs> if I could, uh, so I have a lot of questions. Like I could go the route of asking you about the rare mushroom you discovered, but to, for everybody else, like let's start with the mainstream. Everybody's talking about the drug of like doing shrooms and and you know hallucinating on them. Mm-hmm. What is your two cents on them um, for people who are curious about them, are scared of them? whatever, what would be your opinion on shrooms and how people are using them? Because when I think about all of the repertoire of drugs, I haven't really used many of them, but my experience is that I associate shrooms as an academic drug, like something that people use to learn or understand more about the world. What's your take on shrooms for people who are curious or listening? Yeah, most people, when you bring up psychedelic mushrooms, and particularly the more common psychedelic mushroom, psilocybin, um, it usually tends to draw a pretty strong reaction either in the positive or negative, either like, yes, I love mushrooms, I take them all the time, or more like, I don't really do drugs, you know, all that. So I've kind of always been in the middle, uh, been the Switzerland of psychedelics, including what? Of course you have. Always a very neutral presence. Yes, I am. (laughs) Um, So, and why have I been um, in Switzerland is obviously like multiple decades of studying mushrooms. I've come across um, psilocybin many times and the studies around psilocybin. And I have personal experiences with psilocybin and I know how powerful they are. I also know how safe they are. So there's no... um, uh, lethal dose as we know today and you cannot get physiologically addicted to them so I find that they're quite safe in both from a dosing and long-term perspective and our ancestors used them and there's a lot of benefits in them why I'm not wholeheartedly recommending them to everyone to take at Coachella or Burning Man is that they're very powerful substances that increase your alertness and senses quite dramatically and your brain activity quite dramatically and there might be parts of your brain you haven't visited since you were maybe three years old that you're going to access and you're going to let your guard down and that's why having a right set and setting uh, having the right environment having the right support feeling safe is quite important and whatever insights you will get is having the support system around you to process those discoveries so time before and time after and uh, are quite important. Um, so 
I don't recommend them recreationally. I don't recommend just taking them without a plan how to integrate afterwards. And that Mm. could mean meditation, that could mean journaling, that could mean talk therapy, that could mean an amazing group of friends who will support you with it. But um, when something is so powerful as these substances are, even though they're physiologically safe, in in order to process and integrate them, you can't just, I wouldn't just recommend some home shaman um, just giving you a couple chocolates and you pop them and hang out at your place. That's not probably the the best way to experience them. Hey, U-Turners. I want to take this moment to say that this episode is sponsored in part by SaneBox, an email tool that I have been using every single day to be more productive and less scattered. With the average person working and getting 100 to 200 emails a day, I don't know about you, but I've been fighting the fight with email for a few years now, and after continuously losing, I decided that I needed help. I did my research, and I was so excited to find SaneBox as an affordable tool for my Gmail, and it works with any other email provider, really, that can sort your emails for you before you open up your laptop and get lost in the sauce. All you'll see once you download it is on your sidebar where there's words like inbox or trash. There will be a couple other new folders that I'm totally obsessed with. One is called Sane Later, which is pretty much code for all the emails coming in that you don't need to see. And the other one, my favorite one, is called the Sane Black Hole, which is where you can drag and drop emails that you just don't want to be subscribed to anymore. The Sane Later box automatically uses artificial intelligence to know that you don't want that email and it puts it right there in that folder. Every few days, I check my Sane Later folder, skim through it, and I'm just so happy to be saving so much time. I used to spend every single morning overwhelmed by my inbox and now I have so much more time on my hands thanks to SaneBox. So for the first couple of weeks, I monitored my SaneBox once a day and dragged and dropped messages from senders that I would have wanted in my regular inbox. And now I find that it perfectly knows who should and shouldn't be waking their way in my inbox. So head on over to www.sanebox.com slash U-Turn. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N to access 14 days of SaneBox for free and a $25 credit to get a serious discount on the super affordable year membership now. It's time we all get out of our inbox and back into our life. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Mm, got it. Okay. And if you could some like really scan your life and your relationship with mushrooms you know, not the hallucinogenic ones, but, you know, reishi or lion's mane or chaga or ash, which one would you say has impacted you personally the most? Um, Out of the mushrooms from cultural perspective, chaga mushroom, C-H-A-G-A, is Mm -hmm. quite important to Finnish people. Um, Even on the first book ever written in the Finnish language, chaga was mentioned as a way to heal people. So kind of the founder of the Finnish language, wrote a first ever book, Seven Brothers. And even in that one, it was referred to taking chaga. And and that's just from a cultural heritage point of view has been quite impactful. Um, to help me uh, calm, you might think I'm always calm, uh, but I get wound up. So reishi mushroom is more from a 
kind of a calming functional point of view probably be the most helpful mushroom for myself but okay um, like how how do you use chaga or why should somebody pick up chaga and kind of like how does it work with your products because i know a lot of people aren't aware necessarily that they can have coffee with mushrooms in it or different drinks with mushrooms in it throughout their work day so what product do you have with chaga and what is chaga doing in your perception or who should be picking that up yeah, well, Finnish people, believe it or not, consume more coffee than Americans. Like, there's about a quarter of Finns that drink 10 cups a day. Oh, my and, God. And during Second World War, we were attacked both by the Germans and the Russians, so we ran out of coffee beans. So my ancestors started brewing uh, mushroom coffee with chaga as a way to kind of substitute, and they felt great. So after the war, the University of Helsinki, particularly this amazing female professor, Kirsty Kahlos, started studying the benefits of chaga and realize that it's massively abundant in antioxidants, particularly mm. melanin, uh, which is, we know from our skin, but it's a beautiful antioxidant that helps with skin. Um, and superoxase dismutase, which is a real mouthful, but it's known as like the most powerful antioxidant. If you could only have one antioxidant, that would be it. And chaga is very, very high in those, uh, highest in the world so far that we found. And so, antioxidants are great for immunity um in many ways so mm. um and because it has also these minerals it can make a coffee-like beverage that is uh much less acidic easier for your digestive tract so um why would you use chaga is for immunity and skin and antioxidants and when would you use it i would recommend mostly morning because that's a great way to protect your body and how could you use it is just sip um, a tea-like beverage on its own or mix half and half with coffee and make this uh, coffee tasting uh, beverage that has less caffeine and doesn't give you the heartburn or anything like that because of chaga and you then you get the antioxidants kind of like it's like a cherry on the cake got it okay and when you think about immunity and taking it in the morning like how long would you think a cup of one of your products let's say from four sigmatic with chaga in it how long is that going to last somebody throughout the day that's a very good question and i think there's a big lesson here for the western world about immunity and just generally health um our good friend craig always says that nobody buys umbrellas unless it's raining and yeah. we don't really have a culture of prevention we, we only focus on uh, things when we lose them, um, uh, same, you know, from a physiological point, but also like we sometimes don't value our friends or things that are good in our life until we lose them. And then it becomes all the, all, also real, right? So immunity is one of those things is people only buy immunity during immune season when everybody's sniffing and coughing and they're freaking out. But the immune system is working all day long. So there's really no no time like today to support your immune system. And our immune system is built for multiple different functions. So um, there are uh, elements of the immune system, such as your digestive health and your gut, that impact how well is your immune system working, and that impacts also your brain power. So when you support immunity, you're also supporting your skin and your uh uh, mental clarity and many other things so supporting immunity is not just preventing you from getting sick but it helps with many other things that we might consider more valuable on a daily basis 
Mm. Um, so as far as chaga goes, I recommend these top mushrooms and the, these compounds that they contain called beta glugans, kind of like dark leafy greens. Mm. So how often would you have dark leafy greens? So it's like, yeah, probably daily. Probably daily you want chlorophyll in your body at some capacity. It doesn't have to be spinach every day. You can have arugula. You can have, you know, nettle one day. Uh, same with mushrooms. You don't have to have chaga every day, but I recommend having these beta-D-clugans from mushrooms on a daily basis, even on small amounts, and, and maintaining that your immune system gets the nutrition it needs to have these strong. Mm, wonderful. Okay. And um, if you had to pick a mushroom outside of chaga that you wanted to have all the time. And by the way, is there such a thing as too much? Like, are you just drinking Four Sigmatic drinks all day? Well, you tell me, you've known me for years. Am I might becoming too much of a mushroom? I mean, sometimes I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, what um, you cannot, you cannot overdose on them since they're a food. So unlike some synthetic supplements and other things, you cannot, uh, over overdo them but there's definitely a law of diminishing returns so um after having three cups of four sigmatic probably like the benefits are going to slowly decline but having yeah one to three cups is 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 super supportive and the other one i mentioned was reishi r-e-i-s-a-i by the way a lot of these mushroom names are odd it's because they're japanese um mm. Chitaki, maitake, and okitake. The taki means mushroom in Japanese, and reishi is also a Japanese name. But that's the queen of all mushrooms. So chaga is the king, reishi is the queen, and the mm. queen is always the most powerful. Everybody knows that. Yes, it's the amen. It's the most studied of all the mushrooms, and it's very calming, grounding, motherly, helps you sleep deeper, lulls you into bed at night, and um, and it's just, it's just an amazing mushroom. It has many other benefits as well, but how I think it separates from its other mushrooms is that it's particularly good for, you know, occasional stress. Mm, okay. And is it, is it going to make you sleepy if you take it? Or is it the kind of thing where it's just going to give you a better sleep later that night and just keep you grounded throughout the day? The latter, which is really hard to exp our Western minds sometimes to understand because we always think as uppers and downers. Yeah, we pop, we pop a pill to be up, and then we pop a pill to be down. But yeah. in nature, there's a small group of these emperor herbs or tonic herbs called adaptogens, which is a really buzzy word right now. So adaptogens are herbs and mushrooms that help your body to adapt to stressors, and that means that they're neither sedative or stimulative. Mm. And reishi is one of them. And so, no, it will not make you like fall asleep like um a, a sleep pill or taking melatonin but it will calm your body and prepare it to have a better deep deep uh sleep uh, in the evening okay that's helpful and um would you recommend having reishi like in the later part of the day for even though it gets you grounded or is it totally fine to how about like putting them all together like putting some chaga in a thing putting some reishi in a thing like what's your opinion on just blending them all together and creating a little concoction <laughs> Yeah, my, my team calls that the mothership. <laughs> so they put all of them together and they make the mothership. Uh, but no, I would recommend it in the evening. Um, Rishi also helps with liver detox, phase one, phase two, and that happens mostly at night. So 
that's another reason why I would recommend reishi more in the afternoon, evening, because then it will also help with other body functions besides mm. just sleep. So, but you, you absolutely could if you wake up in the morning, you have terrible anxiety and you're like panicking and you're like pouring a cup of coffee is like pouring a cup of asshole in yourself. And you're <laughs> looking for something more gentle and loving and caring. Always remember the queen of mushrooms. Bring the queen in and and enjoy the benefits. Queen Reishi. I feel like you could create incredible uh, cartoons over at Four Sigmatic of like all these mushrooms as like kings and queens and like, you know, like. Yeah. Um, and then I know that lion's mane is such an important mushroom as well. Um, when do you turn to lion's mane? Lion's mane is known as the smart mushroom. It's something that the monks would take before meditation. It's a great mushroom when you want to think or be productive. Um, it pairs well with coffee as well. If you use coffee for cognitive function, so it's a great blend there as well. But lion's mane is great when you need to think. And there's also amazing long-term benefits of sipping lion's mane on a daily basis for the nervous system. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I would highly recommend lion's mane in kind of like probably between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., depending on how your work or school schedule or whatever it may be. Mm, okay. And I know that you are such a believer in these little mushies that you have seen people get healed from serious illness. And while I'm sure we could disclaim our way through this podcast and talk about how we're not doctors, I know that you've seen a lot of magic um, what have you seen mushrooms doing for people beyond their immediate benefits of immunity or, you know, de-stressing you or making you think more clearly? Um, have you, do you have any stories from people who use your product that have uh, given you feedback on what it's done for their health directly? Yeah. I mean, um, by now we've served multiple hundreds of thousands of people and over the years, if I go to an event or give a speech or even online, people often tell me uh, stories that, you know, at first seem kind of unbelievable. But from a more, from a 10,000 food perspective, I find that um, time after time after time, people who start sipping chaga um, uh, or reishi on a daily basis, within like six to eight months of that, they have a drastic life change. Um, Mm. They quit the job they've hated. They leave a relationship that's not been serving them. And that could be through improved gut health, less stress, feeling stronger. I don't know why, but within like six to eight months after they start a daily habit of sipping, they report like major life changes that cannot be just explained with increased immunity or something like that. So I've seen that over and over and over again. And I don't fully know why. But that's why I just say that they're everyday magical. Mm-hmm. Uh, since they're not magic mushrooms, but they're everyday magical. And uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. there's some crazy stories. And we have at our company, we, we get these emails and or even handwritten notes. We have some of them at our office when uh, people write hand, handwritten letters. And it's quite beautiful. And that gives a lot of joy to me. Mm. And I am embarrassed to admit, Taro, like I really don't know much about adaptogens and the other types of mushrooms that exist. Can you explain what that even means and what some mushrooms are as far as that goes? Yeah. Adaptogen is a very buzzy word. And unfortunately, growing up in nutrition, um, 
um, we nutrition people and marketers screw up everything. You know, we, we always come with a buzzy word and then we sell it to someone. Uh, but sometimes there is true science and validity to a concept that gets popular and then that has longevity. And I think adaptogens is one of those things. So story of adaptogens um, really starts in the Soviet Union where a doctor named Lazarov was commissioned by the um, Soviet army uh, to find something that would help the soldiers today without the letdown tomorrow. So uh, soldiers around the world, including the U.S., have been using amphetamines and other stimulants to perform, but those have addictive uh, qualities and, and letdowns the next day. So they asked Dr. Lazarov, he's like, hey, can you figure out something that would help us soldiers today but not give us a letdown tomorrow? And he went to look for it. He start, actually started with pharmaceuticals, but later found that in nature, there was this small group of um, mushrooms, berries, and roots and leaves that help um, in uh, endurance, cognitive function, immunity, but would have no letdown tomorrow. So in order for something to qualify as adaptogen, it needs to have three things. First of all, it needs to be safe. And safe means it's non-toxic, even if you take it daily and it doesn't give you, it's not habit forming. So it's not addictive. So one, that it's safe. Uh, so that already takes um, many, many things out, even herbals that you can take on an ongoing basis, like garlic, you shouldn't eat daily. Mm. Um, secondly, it needs to be something that um, restores balance. Um, so it's not an... It's not an upper, it's not a downer. It restores balance. It modulates, uh, for example, in the immune system, there are things that stimulate the immune system. And then there's things that suppress the immune system, but these good things modulate the immune system. Keeps it kind of like you drive um, on a highway here in LA and you put the car, uh, if there's no traffic, you put it on cruise control at 60, it will keep you at 60 miles per hour and then just speed you up or slow you down, depending if you're going up or downhill. And then finally, the third thing is that it's multifunctional, so it impacts multiple body systems. Um, and that's also sometimes hard for us to understand. It's something that can help with our immunity and brain and others. Um, but often it happens through these very specific compounds that impacts our endocrine system or our glands that then produce hormones. Um, so that's, that's, that is an adaptogen. There's a lot of products on the market that are not adaptogens that get sold as an adaptogen. Mm. Um, but you know, if you stick to the few main ones, um, you probably reap the benefits. You don't need adaptogen number 22. I don't think that even really exists. So mm. focusing on, on just the kind of tried and true and the most researched ones is the best. Okay, so you said the criteria was it's safe, it's not addictive, it restores balance. And what was the third? It's um, it impacts the body from multiple functions. So it okay. impacts it could impact the immunity and cognitive function, or it could okay. impact uh, blood circulation and you know cardiovascular health. Got it. And what are a couple adaptogens that you? really love or that you think that anybody listening should just be aware of or consider using? Yeah, they're all kind of a mouthful. Mm -hmm. um, but ashwagandha is that if you only start with one, that would probably be it. Um, it's gaining a lot of popularity. It's becoming more mainstream anyway. I feel like more and more people have heard of it. 
but it's a root that you can also use the leaf. Um, mm. But it's really calming, similar to reishi. It pairs well with reishi. Is it helps with stress and, and calming the body, and it's a great for afternoon, evening uh, type of an adaptogen. Uh, for Cochrane function, my favorite one is rhodiola. It's also close to my heart. It's what Vikings took before going to battle. It grows in our in the northern parts of Finland, mm. and it and it known as the rose root. Kind of smells a little bit like a rose, um, but it's an amazing adaptogen for energy and Cochrane function. And mm. then for general wellness. Um, the best kept secret in the adaptogen world is called Eulithero, also known as the Siberian ginseng. It's way more versatile than even ginseng, even though it's it's not technically a ginseng, but uh, compared to the Asian ginseng, uh, Eulithero offers sim- similar benefits, but even from uh, a more diverse background. So Eulithero is, is probably the most underrated of all the top adaptogens. And it was one of the first adaptogens ever studied um so i i think more people could use that one yeah okay this is really interesting and um i as i'm listening to you i'm noticing and i've noticed just knowing you these years like you really care about your health beyond just using mushrooms as a tool and so i'm curious kind of like what other nutrition hacks or wellness hacks you swear by or love or really commit to that you think anybody listening could use because you know me and my snack stints. Like I sometimes make some snack choices that aren't so good for my brain function. Mm-hmm. And I can immediately feel that where I feel like I'm living in a simulation and like having an out-of-body experience because my brain is just so foggy. Um, what are some hacks that you have for everybody listening who maybe they're on their way to work right now and they're feeling exhausted and it's just like lather, rinse, repeat, you know, um, with their day that they can implement? Yes, the best things for health are free or cost very little money. And mm-hmm. they're actually probably things that we already know about. We just don't use them. So mm-hmm. um, sleeping enough. So making mm-hmm. sure that you have enough space for sleep, um, drinking water, um, moving and moving your joints and your body every single day, um, sweating. Um, those are different exposing yourself to some sort of challenge every day. Um, that could be an ice bath or that could be hiking up a hill or something like that. Um, those are positive things in our life, um, but we don't do them. So if sometimes it's easier to look at like, what do we already do and how can we kind of upgrade them? Um, so that's why even the mushroom coffee was born is like, hey, I already drink coffee. Can I just upgrade it? But mm-hmm. for um, a lot of people, the problem is not knowledge, but it's compliance. Um, we know that we should, um, you know, drink more water, but we don't. So in for the snacksident case, probably likely you crave either glucose or salt. And a lot of people are afraid of salt, but salt is so vital. And then at some point, your body's cravings get so wild that you can't control yourself. So in order to not have a snack accident is um, ha- inc- include more high quality salt in your life. Um, um, I know that you can also cook really salty foods, but that's, a, that's not here or there. But on a daily basis, include salts in your diet, have a little bag of salt and sprinkle it on top of your meals um, or make your own healthy snacks 
uh, like your own trail mix um, yeah. that you can make that doesn't have any of rancid or bad ingredients. And then for sweetness, um, sometimes your body's craving for for uh, um, glucose or something in your body, depending how do you kind of metabolize. And you could also make a healthy snack. You could make a a sugar-free chocolate, or you could you could prepare for the time when your body's starting to crave, and then you can't control yourself, and you don't have willpower to resist it. So rather than trying to resist the willpower, try to upgrade that snack accident um, <laughs> by preparing for it, either by having the salty or the sweet options available. Hey, U-Turners! This episode is sponsored in part by our friends over at Organifi. My absolute favorite product has got to be their chocolate and vanilla protein powder. Due to my recent diagnosis of Lyme disease, I've been super careful with what I put in my body, and I just smiled from ear to ear when my doctor read the ingredients on the back of their protein powder and gave it the thumbs up. They are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, vegan, and almost no sugar at all. It is just magical and a miracle that it tastes like anything, let alone something this good. Their chocolate protein powder I love to put in with a nut milk, cashew butter, frozen blueberries, while their vanilla is so good with peanut butter, frozen strawberries, and nut milk in the blender. This smoothie is my absolute fix when I'm hungry anytime or when I have a sweet tooth. It's just so good. I mean, here's the thing. It's tempting to turn to that second or third cup of coffee, but the truth of the matter is that caffeine can only do so much. At some point, we need to look at the root cause of our fatigue, and it turns out that the two main factors in low energy are chronic stress and a lack of nutrition. Organifi's clean, organic superfood blends address these problems head-on with adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms to help you balance your cortisol levels associated with stress and they make it so much easier with one scoop of protein power to add so many more nutrients into your diet every single day. If you'd like to grab yourself some protein powder or really any of their magical products, just head on over to Organifi.com U-Turn. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. And make sure you use the code U-Turn, again, Y-O-U-T-U-R-N at checkout for 20% off. Now let's get back to this week's episode. This kind of gets me curious just with people's diet. Um, is there something outside of mushrooms that you like to eat every single day? You just feel like the results are incredible for you. Um, I'm just curious. I've never actually asked you this before. Yeah, actually, Four Sigmatic is more than just about mushrooms. Um, it's a geeky way of saying we focus on the top 100 healthiest foods in the world. So, and out of that top hundred, there's a lot of mushrooms, but there's also a lot of foods that we overlook. Uh, just to name a few things out in the top 100 that everybody knows, but probably doesn't consume regularly is lemon. Mm. Uh, lemon is really, really good for you. Pretty much all the top spices, not just ginger and turmeric that get the shine, but cinnamon, cardamom. Um, um, spices are one of the healthiest ways to upgrade best ways to upgrade your health and everybody can afford some organic spices that you will add into every meal. So mm -hmm. spending 15, 20 bucks on a, a spice cabinet is pretty easy. Uh, so mm -hmm. besides good quality salt spices, um, green tea is the most studied uh, health product in the world. 
Um, mm. So green tea has multiple health benefits. So maybe replacing, uh, not to say that you can have to give up on coffee because people really love their cup of coffee, but maybe having a cup of green tea a day to replace one cup of coffee might be a smart idea. Green tea mm. definitely has, especially like high quality matcha has some amazing health properties that coffee doesn't have. Ah, uh, okay. And um, I can't help but get curious also just about ordering at restaurants. Like there's so many, you were just kind of touching on it earlier, like shiitake mushrooms and there's your everyday mushrooms you see at the market. Do you recommend people gravitate towards one sort of mushroom at, you know, the restaurants where they're dining versus another? Yeah. Um, I'm actually kind of like anti-buying <laughs> mushrooms at grocery stores and <laughs> and I'm a little anti-butter mushroom or portobello mushroom. <clears throat> Says how because they're stored and how they're grow, grown is is not the best. If you're in a restaurant and you see wild mushrooms, those have way, way, way more nutrient density. So if you're in a restaurant and you see wild mushrooms, that's a real treat. Um, mm. Out of the more common varieties, I think shiitake is your best bet. You find it quite commonly. It has amazing health benefits and it's also delicious. My other more common favorites include enoki, oyster mushroom, and maitake. And those might be, you know, better options in, in many cases. You remind me of um, Bubba Gump on, or, you know, uh, what's his name? Bubba on Forrest Gump, where he's like, oh, there's yeah. this kind of shrimp, that kind of shrimp, <laughs> this kind of mushroom. Uh, yeah. And then who are, who are you? You're not Forrest Gump for sure. You're too, 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 too talkative. I mean, honestly, I just have Tom Hanks on the mind since I just read that he has coronavirus. So, oh yeah, I'm, that's so sad. Just, I know it's insanity what's going on right now. Um, and and this will probably get published later. But, um, as far as your lifestyle goes, like, is there a couple habits that you? Because I know you work really hard. I've seen that on you. Um, you're very focused. You work really hard. I've watched, um, I've just watched you as a human, like how you roll in the world and how you spend your time. And I've noticed, I mean, you have a lot of demands on your schedule. Um, how do you keep yourself, uh, well outside of all of these extra things? Like, do you set boundaries around what your work hours are? Do you work nonstop? Like, tell me a little bit about how you take care of yourself beyond all of this. Yeah, um, <clears throat> there's so many things, but just to give something actionable, um, I nap every day. Um, mm. I am a huge believer in siesta. Even if you don't fall asleep, taking a moment to meditate middle of the day, kind of breaking the day half uh, is really valuable. I nap on a little nail mat, but that's a, that's a little bit more radical. But I recommend that post-lunch, uh, giving your body a moment to digest because um, once you eat lunch, you, you often feel sluggish and your body needs time to assimilate even a healthier meal. So recommend a post-lunch nap or siesta. And if you don't fall asleep, then try to meditate for a moment and find clarity to kind of restart the afternoon. Um, the other thing is finding <clears throat> acceptance and beauty in seasonality. We kind of feel that we should eat, live and eat the whole year always the same way. I grew up in a country with four clear different seasons. And, and it was pretty obvious that in the winter when there's two hours of sunlight or in the summer when there's 24 hours of sunlight and no night, uh, you probably should live a little bit differently. Uh, but here, especially in Southern California, people like kind of live always the same way. And that's not the best. So finding happiness and beauty in the fatty season 
and finding happiness and beauty in fasting, uh, finding happiness when you sleep more or maybe a little less. Um, so I think that's really important to find these like spaces to either, I kind of look at that the year should be split into three parts. One is for productivity, uh, one is for creativity, and one is for recovery. And when you're optimizing for recovery, you cannot optimize for productivity. And when you're optimizing for uh, creativity, it's also hard to recover or they're kind of like unique phases in life. So finding seasonality in your life is very valuable. So when you need to go, 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 you're prepared for it. And then you also know that that go, go, go will not end. And then finally saying no, um, not to say that I've always done a great job at this, but there's so many things you can always be doing. Um, mm. Um, nobody has time for everything, but everybody will have time for the most important things. And that's, that's can be hard sometimes to juggle, but it's really beautiful if you can learn to say no and uh, in a loving way saying that I just can't commit to that. Sometimes we overcommit. I know you and I have talked about that, but like sometimes we, we uh, bite more than we can chew. We, we, we snack too much. You know, we, we should have just taken a little less snacks yeah. and uh, then we pay the price after mm. it's your body can't handle it too much snacking um so saying saying no in a loving caring way is something i try to practice and add more into my life but napping seasonality and saying no are some of the things that i think of when i think how to take care of yourself during a busy schedule. Yeah, it's 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 really fun. I, I love structure like that when you were able to say productivity, creativity, and recovery, like kind of breaking your year out in that way. And I love that kind of structure. It helps me thrive. Um, I'm curious also to understand um, when you're in a space of creativity, you know, because not only do you have all of these mushrooms on your side and in your drink, <laughs> your elixir, but what are some ways that you cultivate that kind of creativity for yourself? Because I think everybody listening, no matter what their job, no matter what they're drinking um, at work, whether it's coffee or some sort of mushroom drink, um, they want to be more creative. So what are some ways that you set yourself up for that kind of success? Yeah. Well, first of all, I've lived in 10 countries and um, been fortunate enough to travel and live in different places that exposes you to new ways of doing things. Um, and I feel like that gives a lot of creativity for myself in life. But you don't have to travel. Just here in Los Angeles, you could easily, you know, leave your bubble and go to another part of town and drive or spend time at Skid Row serving uh, the homeless community and be exposed to different ways of thinking. So having range and new experiences is really powerful. And that doesn't have to cost a lot of money, if anything. Um, mm for many of us at least. Um, and and even if down with through online and the internet, you could even like do it remotely. The other thing for me is that nature is my greatest teacher and time after time I'm blown away by nature. And, mm. and if you wanna start having more creativity in your life, try to block sunrise uh, and or sunset and just sitting watching the sunrise and the sunset and the wonders that happen with that just mm. being the link with that can add so much creativity into your life that is kind of mind-blowing um 
And then having um, uh, new skills or new hobbies, um, starting those can often bring inspiration as well. So that takes a little bit of more conscious effort and sometimes a little hard because there's a level of uncomfort that comes with it. But um, yeah, uh, maybe a simple way to do that in the beginning is new forms of art. So if um, going to a museum or going to a music concert, not just of your favorite band who you know every lyric to every Ja Rule song, but maybe going to watch uh, country music or a rock concert and learning from the experience of going to a rock concert. Mm, I love this. And um, this has been so insightful. I actually have been spending the years whenever I get your products, Tarot, like I look at the front of the thing and it'll say lion's mane focus. And I'm like, okay, I think this is just to make me focus, you know, obviously, but I, it's nice to get some dimension and ask you all of these questions for everybody. And for anybody listening who wants to kind of get started um, with having some mushroom drink, what would you recommend as the best first drink to get started with? And where can everybody find you, your products, all of the things? If you are a coffee drinker, I highly recommend the mushroom coffee with the lion's mane and chaga as a starting point. If you're not a coffee drinker, then the hot chocolate with reishi, which is like a delicious organic hot chocolate with this functional reishi mushroom that helps you calm down. So those would be the two options. We also make a plant-based protein that tastes absolutely delicious and is ultra pure. Um, so, but yeah, if you drink coffee, coffee. If you don't drink coffee, try the hot chocolate. Mm, wonderful. And um, where can everybody find Four Sigmatic products or where can they follow you or the company and just learn more about mushrooms in general? Um. Yeah, uh, you don't need to find me. <laughs> That's not <laughs> necessary. Not, but I'm not going to edit that out of this episode, Taro. Like, good. you don't need to find me. <laughs> yeah, find yourself. Um, good one. Four Sigmatic is sold nationwide in natural product stores like, you know, your Whole Foods and your co-ops. And you can also find us on Amazon and foursigmatic.com, Sephora, a bunch of others. Um but yeah. Okay. So and, also Sigmatic. and then we have, um, I've written a couple of books on mushrooms. If you're curious, you can pretty easily find them, but we also offer free mushroom education, uh, through a platform called mushroom Academy. It's an online learning course, completely free. Um, and there's no upsell at the end or anything. It's just free. And we're just relaunching a new version of that this year in 2020. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. And, and there's free mushroom education in form of videos and quizzes and other things that are coming your way. Mm, awesome. Yeah, I was just going to say the names of his uh, books for those of you who are listening and curious. The first one, Healing Mushrooms. And then another really fun book that's kind of a great coffee table book during the holidays is Santa Sold Shrooms, all about the history of Christmas and mushrooms, which is shockingly entwined. Um, Tara, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me on. It's such a pleasure. And thanks for the work you do, um, educating people and doing this kind of podcast and sharing your knowledge. Thank you. I'm no wise owl, but I try my best. <laughs> 
Thanks so much for tuning into the U-Turn podcast. And again, thank you so much to our sponsors, Organifi, Soul CBD, SaneBox, and so much more. We are here because of you and our listeners. Thanks so much for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people we trust and for listening to the show, for writing reviews. Can't wait to talk to you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.